This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. In early March of 2020, I was at a rooftop bar in Atlanta with my partner, Michael. We were on a weekend road trip, blissfully unaware that the entire world would shut down in less than a week. We started talking to a well-dressed, gregarious woman in her late 50s whom I'll call Patty. She was delightful and owned a successful real estate firm. By all accounts, Patty was someone people noticed. But a few cocktails in, Patty told us that women her age were invisible. The world simply does not pay attention to a gray-haired woman beyond the age of 50, she said. And to prove it, she started testing her theory. She told us about the time she walked out of one of the most luxurious hotels in town on Super Bowl Sunday with a life-size cardboard cutout of Tom Brady under her arm. I didn't even like football or Tom Brady, Patty said. I just wanted to see if anyone would stop me. No one did. As sad and as silly as that story is, it has stayed with me because I'm afraid Patty is right. Aging women have not gotten the attention, respect, or research funding as men and younger women. I want to help change that and begin to redefine aging. The first step is not stealing cardboard cutouts of football players. It's talking about it. And of course, I'd like to do it from the perspective of a runner. On today's show, I'm joined by writer, runner, and podcast host, Cherie Turner. We explore how you can still get faster and live your fittest life, no matter what your age, how perimenopause can affect our lives and our running, and the bright sides of embracing your journey with a fresh perspective. Cherie Louise Turner is the host and producer of Women's Running Stories, a podcast where each week, one woman tells a story from her life as a runner. Not only are these women getting better even as they age, they're also crushing the stereotypes of what people think is possible. So if you're a runner who's getting older, which of course is all of us, stay tuned. If you need more help running your best, you can order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get books or request a copy from your local library. Or you can simply enter to win a copy for free just by writing an Apple Podcast review. I choose a new winner every month. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. And now here's my conversation with Cherie Turner. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Cherie. Well, thanks so much for having me. So I love that one of your goals with your running and your work is to redefine what aging means, especially for athletes. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Well, I think the biggest thing with aging is I've just been so surprised by how not bad it is. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected it to be, but I didn't. I did not expect it to be great. Let's put it that way. I think aging gets a really bad rap in mm -hmm. our culture. Uh, and it's been surprisingly fun. 
Like, I think I'm just so surprised by the fact that I can keep doing the things that I love and I feel great and I have new goals and I am like, quite frankly, just wiser and have more experience. And I don't know, I'm just very surprised. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's, that's awesome. That is not the experience of everybody. So you're in your early fifties, right? Yes, I am. I'm 53, 53. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm 47. So I don't care about talking about my age. I'm proud to be the age I am every day is a gift. So, um, but a lot of people, especially some women that I work with men too, but specifically women at our age, we're starting to notice some unpleasant things going on. So are you telling us that you just breeze through perimenopause, menopause, no problem? No, no, I wouldn't say that. There definitely is adjustment, right? There's a, there are adjustments to be made. And so my, I'm still in perimenopause. Mm -hmm. I have not gone over to the other side yet. Uh, I am waiting for that day because I'm looking forward to it. But I, I feel like my perimenopause has been pretty easy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's been that hard. That being said, I think because so many of the symptoms of perimenopause or the things that happen can be explained away by lots of life things, you know, anxiety. I have had anxiety my whole life. Is it better or worse now? I'm not sure. You know, so there there are lots of things that happen during perimenopause that I think are just easy to explain away. Like, oh, maybe you're not sleeping so well. Well, are you stressed about something else? Is it, you know, like there are lots of things like that. And so I feel like I'm kind of coming out the other side over the last six months or so. I just feel better than I feel like I had in the previous few years. So now I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a look back, which is probably why I'm so, so much more excited about aging right now, (laughs) very particularly, because I feel like I've gone through the kind of the process of, um, making some big adjustments and then also looking back on how things were or have been, um, And I don't think I really recognized sort of how bad they really were and that I could chalk it up to perimenopause. And so I'll mention a few things. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of those things? Um, Yeah. So one of them is like being quick to be angry or negative. I tend to be a pretty positive person. And I just had kind of found over the last few years that I was just feeling a little more negative and I would be a little faster to get angry. And it was very unusual for me. And it just, it didn't feel good. You know, it just doesn't, it feels pretty rotten to have negative thoughts all the time and just feeling pretty, I don't know, just like not that great about the world. But then again, it's like we went through COVID. So again, it's one of those things where you're like, is it the world? I'm not sure. Uh, So, so there was that anxiety was definitely has been an issue for me. I think it did get worse over these perimenopausal years Uh, my body's changed. No two ways about it. You know, it's my skin is different. Um, I've never, weight's never been a thing for me. I weigh about the same as I did when I was, I don't know, 18 years old, 19 years old. So, but you know, my body looks different than it did. And you know, you, you look at your body and you think, oh yeah, like I, it, I look older and that takes some adjustment because I feel like, we have such a negative view, especially for women about looking older and it's tough, you know, I, so by no means is aging an easy breezy thing for me. 
Uh, and I've talked to other women about this too. And I think, you know, one of the easy, one of the best things to say is just sort of like, it is, it is not an easy thing to do, but I feel like if you can kind of just start to embrace some of the things that are positive about it, like there are negative parts about, or, you know, frustrating or difficult parts about all parts of life. Like life sure. is hard. Yeah. So I just, I, I feel like there are a lot of positives to, to be found in getting older and, it sort of brightens up for me some of the things that are difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, you've been an athlete pretty much your whole life. And yeah. so, you know, as athletes, we feel sometimes that we're immune to kind of some of this stuff. You know, we uh -huh. take care of ourselves. We exercise. And most of us are eating really well. We are doing all the things. <laughs> and yet we still are not immune. We still, you know, are feeling the changes. And, you know, sometimes that hits us harder mentally than it even does physically. Can you talk about the mental side of, of it? Uh, so the mental side, I... I mean, I would definitely say I've spent a lot of time getting okay with getting older. And a lot of that is because I watched women who were like a generation older than I am really struggle with it. And I mm -hmm. just thought, wow, that is so sad. It is so awful to have such negative feelings about yourself as you get older, because we spend a lot of time in our older selves, if we're lucky, that's right. the other side is that I really do try and remember, like, I'm lucky to be 53. I'm lucky to be healthy and running and, and things like, you know, being concerned about wrinkles on my face or being concerned about my skin changing or this or that. It's like, is that really the most important thing in my life? Like, is that really what I'm right. going to spend my time worrying about? Like when I could just be out on a run or when I, you know, it, like it, I just try and put these things in some perspective and not let a lot of the negative messaging that we hear in our culture get to me. And it is tough, you know, yeah. that is really hard. So I'd say on the mental side, a lot of it is just really combating a lot of those sort of stereotypical ways that we beat up, especially on women when they age, Yeah, uh, you know, and there is a reality too to starting to be invisible. People just yes. aren't as interested in you when you are an older woman. Yeah. And there is that whole uh, sort of, I don't know, cliche, I guess, about, you know, being menopause. I mean, it really has been seen as like women have lost their value in a way. And I just think like I've never even been a mom. And so I'm like, well, me being able to reproduce or not reproduce has not been part of my value system, I guess. Right. Um, ever. So I don't know. It's just... Uh, I think that part of what I'm interested in is sort of flipping that script of just sort of like, we have such incredible years in our later forties and fifties and sixties and seventies. Like I just see women doing amazing things in these older years mm -hmm. and to get hung up on things that I think are very common to get hung up on. I just feel like it's a total waste of my time. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. And my energy. You know, yeah. you asked about the mental side of it and it is, it can be absolutely exhausting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, society has this, has this view that, oh, when you get older, all of these horrible things are going to happen to you. But actually a lot of those things 
have to do with a sedentary lifestyle more so mm. than simply just getting older. You know, us, you know, creaking joints and, you know, our bad knees and all of this stuff. And a lot of it more has to do with, you know, the way we eat and the way we be behave versus how we are actually aging. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And I also, you know, one of the things I think about a lot is that our bodies are always changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that there are some injuries and some things that happen to people over time that prohibit them from being able to do certain things. But for a lot of us, and I will use myself as the example, like I am more pain-free today than I probably, than I've been in a long, long time. Let's just put it that way. Wow. Because yeah. And I like, that's really exciting to me. And, you know, one example I'll give is that I had a very severe slip disc about 11 years ago and I'm still dealing with some of the repercussions. I did not get surgery. I self-healed, uh, but I've been able to work back to being even more pain-free than I was before that injury. And a lot of it is, you know, weight training and kind of the boring stuff that people don't like to do all the time. And I've gotten to the point where I, I don't necessarily like love to do reps all the time. Right. But I do recognize what the value is in those sorts of things. So, um, so going back to your, the thought of like the sedentary life and, you know, like things settle in as you get older. And if you never address them, then mm -hmm. you're going to have problems. And so those things, so that to me is what ends up happening as we get older is it's like all these bad habits that we've never addressed and that we could kind of get away with when we were younger, you cannot do that. They will right. come to roost at some point, but I really feel like if you're willing to put in the work, a lot of that can get turned around or changed or at least improved. Yeah. You know, we're not on a one way path to, to pain and, you know, immobility. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually just read a study. I don't know if you saw it, that uh, strength training actually helps improve your skin's appearance, even as you age. So if you're worried about your wrinkles and how your face looks as you age, lift some weights, you know, another, right. another okay. reason to lift weights. <laughs> you yeah, know, and that doesn't surprise me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why it just, they, they've starting to find that. So it's, it's pretty amazing, but you know, one thing, uh, runners especially are worried about as, uh, we get older, especially runners more like you who have run or, or, you know, been competitive your whole life. We're worried about getting slower, you know, yeah. and obviously at some point a slowdown is inevitable, but I coach people all the time, men and women who are getting faster, even in their 40s, 50s, 60s, some in their 70s who are actually getting faster. So can you talk about that? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say about something like that is if, say, say you've never been competitive, well, then you're always going to be PRing, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to be PRing for a long time if you've never been a competitive athlete. So whatever age you start at, like the first thing you do is going to be a PR yes. and you will improve in on that because you'll get fitter and better, you know, or you'll get fitter and more efficient. Uh, so, so there is that. And, and I also think about like I running was not my first competitive sport. So I was a bike racer early on and I came to running a little later. And so I never really tried to have say a PR in the 10 K. So, uh, I don't know what my PR is. Even at the age of 53, it's like, well, could I get faster than I have in the past when I haven't 
focused on it. Well, sure, I, I think I could. And I guess I just think about the fact that like we're getting slower than our ultimate, you know, potential. Um, but if you've never even come close to that ultimate potential, even reading, reaching, say, 70 percent of that is going to feel really good. Right. You know, and you don't know what you're missing out on because you're never going to get there because you're past that prime age. The other thing I'll say about 40 early people in their early 40s, like those people could be you know, I guess, depending on genetics and their uh, background as athletes, like those people really could be hitting their very best times ever. And you just look at somebody like Camille Heron, who is the ultra distance runner. And at 41, she's still setting world records. So like, not only is she better than her best self, she's better than everybody else's best self at Mm -hmm. certain distances. So um, so I, one thing I think we're going to start to see is, and I don't want to compare this men or women, who knows, but as athletes keep being competitive as they get older, I wonder how far it's going to get pushed into the age categories as people keep going. Like, is it 43? Is it 45? At what point do you really, truly start to slow down from your ultimate potential? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in the ultra distances, simply because that's sort of a relatively new sport is my opinion. Why, you know, people, yes, people have been running long distances for millennia, but not as competitively as they are now, not training, not in the same way. So more new people are getting into it. And of course, once the money shows up, then (laughs) the real athletes are going to show up because they're like, Hey, I can do this. I don't care if I'm 55. I'm going to kill all those 20 year olds, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So the ultra, yeah. yeah, Ultras are, you know, kind of a different bag, you know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're out here saying that, you know, the best sprinter in the world is still going to be breaking world records at 45. I don't think anybody is going to say that. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That very, very, very top end. Yeah, for sure. But I think that we're seeing athletes that are getting a little bit older, be still being competitive. And, and quite frankly, like for most of us, like we're not going to ever compete at that world-class level. We're probably never going to compete at a national class level. So it's like, what, like, what are you really aiming for anyway? Right. Right. I feel like a lot of people, especially who've been doing it for a while, they want to beat their best selves. You know, like we, you know, we have that beginner mindset, the the newbie gains. And we, like you said, everything's a PR, everything's a PR. And then when you start to plateau, you're just like, oh no, I'm getting older. It's all over, (laughs) you know? So it's, I think it's hard to break out of that unless you shift your mentality somehow. Has that happened to you? Have you shifted your mentality or shifted your training? I have. And one of the things I have started focusing on is just what it means to be a better athlete. So I think about this a lot and remove the time from it for a second and think about other ways that you can be a better athlete. Like I, in many ways, I think I'm a better athlete now than when I was racing as a professional bike racer. Mm. Right. And what do I mean by that? I don't necessarily, I'm not going to get on my bike and be faster that I can tell you hundred percent for sure. However, I'm nicer to myself mentally. I have a much, much better mental game than I used to. I nourish my body far, far better. Like I had, you know, I had red S before it was called red S. I had, you know, I was amenorrheic for five years. Like I beat the 
I beat myself up in very unhelpful ways. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I'm a much, much healthier athlete. You know, I do, I did a lot of mobility stuff when I was younger and I did a ton of weightlifting, but I'm, you know, I'm really dedicated to that now as an older athlete. And part of that too, is that I just want to feel good. I don't like being in pain. Right. <laughs> you know, um, the other thing too, is I've been trying new things. Tell us right? about it. And getting, yeah. So this is one of the things, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of us are told as we get older, like we'll run further. You know, that's a very common thing. And, and then we end up at marathons, which is exactly what I did. Sure. You know, it was like, oh, how can you continue to improve as a runner? Like, oh, just keep running further and further. So I did that. I don't like, I don't, I, I don't think I'm particularly suited for long distance running, you know, mm. marathons. I'm just, I'm not that good at them. I don't, I have a very difficult time with them. Okay. I love going fast and I love going short. And so I just thought, you know, at, you know, in my fifties, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing some short stuff. And then I was like, well, what about the track? Mm. And I would never raced on the track in my life. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to try the 800. I ran the 400. I, you know, and I, I loved it. And it is I really have an appreciation for how different track racing is. It was nothing I ever did as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I never did in high school. I didn't really know from a participation standpoint what it really entailed. And it is so much fun. Yeah. Like it is just a blast. And, you know, it's new equipment. It's new strategies. It's totally different training. And that's just been super exciting. Um, I tramped into my first cross country races ever a couple of years ago. And that like, it seems like, oh, it's sort of like a 5k, but it's on grass. And it's like, no, it's a whole other <laughs> world, you know, and it's really injected just a, a lot of fun into my running in a way I really did not expect. I also joined a team mm. and I participated in being on a team and having teammates, especially teammates as you're like as an older athlete, like we were all in our, we had, you know, 50 year old women running together and it, like, it's so fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, we did relay races together and we met other teams of women and like, there's just a whole other world out there, like with masters racing and with, you know, with just the different types of racing that you can do as a runner. Like there's just so much out there. And, you know, I had a great time doing, you know, in the end, I valued so much about what I got out of marathon running, but I like, I'm so happy to leave that behind, at least for now, who knows, maybe I'll do one again, but like, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do five K's. I'm going to do my cross country season, I, you know? So yeah, there's a ton of stuff to do. And, and it is the inverse of what I think so many of us are told in terms of like going longer. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to work on speed and going faster. When you're a busy runner, it's not easy to get in all the running and training you need. On top of that, planning and preparing all the nutritious meals and snacks required to fuel you as an athlete can become an extra burden. So make it simpler on yourself and just make a shake after your workouts with the highest quality plant-based protein powder you can buy, Nurify by Prevenix. But don't just take my word for it. I recommend Nurify to all my athletes and here's what Julietta had to say about it. 
It's been a month since I bought Nurify and I'm super satisfied. This protein powder is my way to go after every run, especially those days when I cannot have breakfast immediately after my workout. I use Nurify. No GI issues and it keeps me full until my breakfast. Highly recommended. So if you are ready to finally and deliciously hit your protein numbers, head to Prevenex.com and use my code PR15 for 15% off your entire order. That's Prevenex.com, code PR15. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, AKA their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. Yeah. No, I love this. There's lots of things that I want to say about what you just said. That first is, is the power of the group. Like that to me, I feel like I preach this a lot that, um, whether it's in person or, you know, maybe you don't live in an area where you have opportunities like this, even an online group can make a big difference. You know, making friends is really hard to do at our age, not, not because we're not friendly, but because we got busy lives, but busy yeah. careers. We have so much going on that friends kind of get pushed to the bottom of the list. And this way you get your passion, you get your hobby, you get your physical fitness and your show, social hour all at the same time. Like that's yeah. amazing. So how did you end up finding this group? I think that's where people are just like, well, I know how to find out how to sign up for a marathon, but how do I find a cross country team for 50 year olds? Like, how do you find this? Right. <laughs> you, move, you move to Boston and oh, right. yeah, sure. <laughs> or Ireland. Um, sure. So I, yeah, I've been really lucky to live in places that have really vibrant running communities. Uh, so my team that I was very close to, it was in Boston. I just moved away and you know, they're just so many runners. And, and I think I'm, I'm just going to guess that for a lot of people, especially if you're newer to the sport or like, you've never done cross country running, like it might feel intimidating. And mm -hmm. I guess like, all I'd say to that is you just have to go give it a try and put yourself out there, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I got lucky to fall in with a group that happened to have other women. And I think just looking around and seeing like, I don't know, even looking at race results and who those people run for and contact that 
team and see if they're taking new runners and if they foster. I think most teams, most like community-based teams, like they're always accepting new runners and they're very welcoming to new, to people who are new to the sport or new to a particular Mm -hmm. part of the sport. So I, I think that there's a lot available and the master's ranks are growing. That is, I have interviewed a lot of master's runners and that's what everybody keeps saying is they're just like, oh, you know, this used to be kind of a niche thing. And now it's just becoming more and more and more popular as people are aging and they still want to be active and competitive. Like I love being competitive. I don't need to go to the, you know, open world. I don't need to aim for the Olympics, you know, like it's, I can still have so much fun even at my local 5k, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. So in terms of, of finding people, I think you just have to look for it. Nice. Nice. So the other thing about what you said earlier that I wanted to touch on was speed as we get older. So a lot of people give pushback on that and they say, oh, I don't want to do speed. Number one, it hurts. But number two, I'm scared I'm going to get injured. Speed work Mm -hmm. is hard and dangerous. What do you say about that? Sure. So take precautions, warm up really well cool down really well. These are things that I learned sometimes the hard way, the mm-hmm. cool down thing. I'm still, I learned the hard way last week <laughs> when I just stopped and did not do a proper cool down. Um, but you have to do those things or you, you know, do you have to do your mobility training? You have to do your strength training. And, you know, one of the mistakes I made when I first started running on the track was you run in spikes Spikes are very different to run in. You're up on your toes. You use your calves a lot more. And I got a calf injury. Mm. It was like, oh, okay, well then ease into it. Like any of those changes that you're making and you're running in ovals. So, you know, so all of these things, they're very real concerns. So take precautions and take them very seriously. Like don't get into anything too quickly. But one of the things about speed and also about weight training is that as we're learning more, especially I'm just going to stick with women as we age, we are learning that speed, speed work and that super high intensity stuff is incredibly good for your health because what we start losing as older women is muscle. I know it's true for men too, but I'm sticking with women. <laughs> Just talking about what I know is, you know, we do lose muscle and we do lose strength. And how do we keep those things or even build on them is we lift weights and we do speed work or some sort of high intensity work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the science is saying that that's really important for us to keep at, especially as we get older, that this endurance stuff we have naturally as women but it's the speed and strength stuff that we don't have. So it's an important part of the aging process in general to stick with those things. So yeah, I I just say do all of the precautionary work that everybody talks about and you have to be diligent because you can get hurt. Like that is, that's real. So yeah. And I know you talk a lot about being consistent and a hundred percent, but these are also all things that are going to pay off just in regular life. Like I think about my weight training when I'm traveling, I travel a lot. I Mm -hmm. carry, you know, luggage that's heavy. It's (laughs) not a problem. Right. And I'm really serious about that. Like as I get older, especially I'm so appreciative that I can like haul around big bags and it's just not a problem. 
So these things pay off in many ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there is some science that um, doing sprint work, power work, high intensity work, a, a smidge of it, not necessarily every time you go running, you're not doing it oh, all right. high, high yeah. intensity, but it has beneficial effects for our hormones too. You know, in perimenopause mm-hmm. and menopause, our hormones are going bananas. And, you know, this can help stimulate and, and you know, support what we are losing. Yeah. Yes. I have heard that as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the big researcher, of course, in this area is Stacey Sims. So (laughs) if anybody is interested in learning more from her, definitely check out her books and, you know, all her media because she's awesome with all of that. So a lot of groundbreaking information is finally coming out about these invisible women that we are, right? Yeah, well, and you know, a, a nod to her too, and Celine Yeager, who is her writer. Um, and, you know, her book Next Level is an absolute 100% must read, I think for any woman who, mm-hmm. any woman, period. I don't even feel like you need to be an athlete, but especially for any women who are athletes, like that book is a, a fantastic reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, You know, the other thing, kind of going back to earlier in our conversation, one of the things that makes me so excited about getting older now is that there's so much coming out to support, especially women athletes, and there's so much more research, and we're we're actually talking about menopause in public, Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. I just think about, you know, people your age and younger than the both of us, and like, how awesome that, yeah. you know, we don't have to like suffer in silence because, um, you know, also kind of going back to earlier, you, we were talking about like my symptoms, but, um, you know, I, I think I have had it relatively easy. I've never had a hot flash. I talked oh. to other women, like they don't sleep, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night sweating or they yeah. just sweat through all their clothes, like in the middle of a meeting or, you know, so it can be really tough. And the fact that we're at a time when we get to talk about these things and, you know, we can share them and learn from each other and just kind of get through it together. Cause I mean, it, it can be really hard. Like, I don't want to downplay any of this mm-hmm. stuff, but you know, it's, I think just knowing that it's happening is ha- more than half the battle. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's chaotic. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but you know that, and you know, it's a period of time that you're going through. And I think just the fact that we that we're sharing this information is going to help be just so helpful. I know it's been helpful for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as athletes, as runners, as people who are used to being uncomfortable, who are used to being hot (laughs) and sweaty, you know, who are used to doing hard things. I think that we actually have an advantage simply from not just because we are more physically fit, just because we know what it's like to suffer and get through it and move on with our lives. So I think we have an advantage there. But I think also, you know, while there's still a ton of work that needs to be done research wise, um, the thing is, everybody's symptoms are so different. And, you know, I, a lot of people come to me, I I work with lots of 
master's runners, male and female, and they say, hey, can you give me a schedule based on my menstrual cycle? Hey, can you give me a schedule because I'm past menopause? Can you plan my training around perimenopause? And I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) first of all, no, I can't because everybody is so different. Different. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you, you know, you talk to a lot of women runners. Do you talk about this, about how different it is for people? Uh, yeah, I suppose I do. I, yes. Well, and I suppose I've asked a lot of other women about their own symptoms and yeah, sort of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I've, I've experienced this or I haven't experienced that. And, you know, one of the things I do want to say along those lines is I feel like a lot of times when there's maybe a new article out about perimenopause, that oftentimes the stories that get highlighted are the horror stories. Mm. And I'm sort of like, "Ah, you know, I've talked to a lot of women who are kind of like me. And again, I don't want to downplay it, but it doesn't have to be so catastrophic. And I think one of the things that I'll say that's probably pretty common, although there are variations of it, is just that you're kind of not as in touch with your body in the same way that you used to be because things are changing all the time. So that can be Mm. super frustrating. Like things, like there's the input output, it's like in my experience has been very different. Um, and I think that that can be a big thing that is different, especially from you say, from a coaching perspective of like trying to coach somebody through that. It's like when the athlete themselves doesn't even really know what's going on, it's really hard to tell them how to navigate that. And I think Mm -hmm. some of it is just like, hang on for the ride. And I know that maybe sounds like crummy advice, but I think it's real advice where it's just sort of like sometimes somebody like there's just no helping you through it. It's just sort of like, know that this is chaos. Right. Um, and that, you know, and going back to your point that it is different for everybody and your chaos is going to be different from other people's chaos. But I think that we all sort of go through a bit of chaos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had one person I talked to who um, compared it to, you know, adolescence when when girls oh, get their period for the first time. Of course. it. Who knows what's going on when you're 12 yeah. or however old you are? You know, there's all sorts of changes happening. It is chaos hormonally. It is chaos physically. And, you know, it is equally as chaotic, you know, at this age, going through our next change, our next chapter, right? (laughs) Well, of course. And if you just look at it from a chemical standpoint, like hormones control everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They have an impact on every part of your being from your mental state to everything about your physical state. So when those things are in unpredictable flux in a way that you haven't experienced since you were a child, like, yeah, that's that can be really challenging to navigate. And especially as athletes, when we're really used to being in tune with our bodies and all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I'm not getting the same input output that I used to. And then some days I feel fine. Other times I don't. There's no real correlation to lots of the things that I normally could correlate it to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so like it is, it, it can be frustrating in that way. And I think that's one of the things I've been so joyful about recently is I feel like that's calming down. Um, so there's that side of it. And that's, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about, like, I feel like I'm coming out the other side of it. Like, I feel like, oh, when I have a rest day, the next day I predictably feel better. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the past, it'd be a total, like, maybe, maybe not, who knows? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was really like, it was so, like, I was just felt really out of sync with my body and I feel like that's coming back, but yeah. So anyways, it is very different for everyone, but yeah. the chaos is probably a pretty real <laughs> similarity. <laughs> so we just got to hang on for the ride and give ourselves some grace. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you know, I'll go back to an interview that I think you did with Kathy Unschneider a long time ago. And I remember listening to it. Oh, it was yeah. on maybe another podcast. Yes. <laughs> Refresh my memory. And what did I say? <laughs> so, well, no, it was what she said. And I think you had asked her something about going through perimenopause. And she just basically said, you know, ladies, it's going to be about five years and just hang on. You're going to get through it. And mm-hmm. And it seems like such simple, a simple way of looking at it, but it really is kind of true. It's just sort of like, hang on, get through it. Mm -hmm. And, and because you do come out the other side. So, yeah. 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 Well, I think that is, is good advice, you know, in, you know, until we have more solid evidence and science, science on women, women athletes of all ages, but especially mature women <laughs> like us, which still sound, I still feel like I'm 30, you know, I don't feel like I'm 50, but you know, <laughs> well, you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. No, but I, I'm going to be one of those proud people of all ages. I'm going to be running in my sports bra when I'm 90. I am. I don't care. I am celebrating every year. I've never been afraid to announce my age and you know, this is who I am. And I honestly am definitely living my best life. And I, and I really only see things are getting better. I mean, you know, sure. When I look in the mirror and see one more wrinkle, do I immediately say, Oh no. I mean, of course I'm human. I'm human, you know, but I, for the most part, I think things are getting better. So I hope, (laughs) I hope other people feel the same. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see us all be able to flip that script a little bit and Mm -hmm. just be, you know, be happy that we get to be here and be doing this stuff still, you Mm -hmm. know, and have, and bring the experience and wisdom that we have, that we have worked really hard for. Yes, (laughs) definitely. So yeah. 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 Well, I think that's a really sweet way to wrap it up. So, uh, where can listeners connect with you? Oh, goodness. Well, the best place to connect with me is probably through my podcast, which is Women's Running Stories. So womensrunningstories.com is where my podcast is. You can find contact information for me. I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. So, And what are your handles there? there? Just Women's Running Stories? Uh, Women's Running Stories and women's run stories on Twitter because they don't allow as many characters. (laughs) Ah, okay. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, Cherie, this has been a delight to talk with you. And I really think that this is an important conversation that we need to continue to have more often. I would agree with you. And thank you so much, Claire. I really, really appreciate it. I love talking about this stuff. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is run your own race. This is classic race advice that tells us to ignore what the other runners are doing and stick with our own plan. This is actually harder than you might think to follow because we are wired to behave like those around us. Using this as a mantra can help. When the gun goes off, most runners will go out too fast. Repeat to yourself, run your own race, and you won't be tempted to follow them. 
At the end of the race, when people are slowing down and stopping, you are not affected because again, you tell yourself, run your own race and you stay strong to the end. Of course, this tip only works if you take the time to come up with your race plan ahead of time and practice your plan often. Thank you for listening to or watching The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.